How y'all doing? This is Alvin with Trying Success here on the Old Fashioned Health Network. Good health inside and out. You all have never seen me have these many guys or these many people on my show at one time, but I got some powerful power hitters. I'm gonna call them powerful hitter, power hitters. Uh, you can see at the top one of the one of the, one of the main ones that brought this whole group together is uh, Dr. Calvin Ellison. So without me messing up anything, I want to make sure I get it just right. I'm gonna have Dr. Ellison to tell us about himself and the group that he has here. Doc, welcome to the show. Well, Alan, man, you know, it's always a pleasure to be with you. You're most motivating and inspiring, and we're excited to be with you today. So today, along with myself, is um, uh, the founder of TRC, Truth and Reconciliation, Mr. Khalil Osiris, that where I can't, I will not mess up his introduction. I'm going to let him do it, but off the chain, we partnered up with him. And then also Mr. Tory Lang, who has a unique story that's going to move the heart and want people to, as Khalil says, give a return on engagement. So Khalil, if you would take it from there and introduce yourself further. and yeah. our- Well, thanks so much. First of all, thank you, um, Dr. Allison, for organizing this and bringing us to this conversation, this very important forum. And Alvin and I, we had a chance to talk briefly um, as we were preparing for to go live. And you, you just have such, a, uh, such an engaging spirit, such a welcoming and warm spirit. And that's, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Because um, so often, particularly as men, we're distant. We're, 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 we're unavailable. We, you know, we create a persona and we stick to that without mm-hmm. recognizing that, you know, we're, we're talking about our humanity. Right. And and being in the health space, that's pre- it was particularly um, for me uh, encouraging that you have such a healthy attitude uh, as a starting point. Right. And so I want to say thank you to that. And um, and I'm sure that I'm only saying something that your audience knows well. Um, <clears throat> but with that. We founded an organization called TRC, Truth and Reconciliation Conversations. Mm-hmm. It was inspired by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of South Africa. And what we wanted to do um, is in the same spirit that South Africa, under the leadership of the late Nelson Mandela and uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, sought to face courageously in a very spiritually courageous way the woundedness of their of of a past that was still upon them Mm -hmm. the the residue the tensions um and even the violence they actually attempted to address historic woundedness in a way that was that connected our shared humanity rather than villainize or demonize the other that for me was a courageous stand to take uh, at a time when the whole world actually was expecting a descent into violence and civil war. Mm-hmm. So the leadership of Nelson Mandela and the uh, the spiritual guidance and vision of Archbishop Desmond Tutu resonated with me uh, in a very deep way. And I saw similarities between South Africa and America in terms of how we bring ourselves to a place of reconciliation rather than further divisions. Uh, But what I wanted to do with commission is personalize it, 
Commission seems like it's something more formal. I changed the name commission to conversations because the idea was that each of us have agency and each of us have an opportunity to hold ourselves accountable for that agency. Right. It's like we can show up with excellence or we can show up with our woundedness. It's something that we have to decide upon. It's something that we have to put in the work in order to be consistent in how we show up. And so Truth and Reconciliation Conversations, TRC, is focused on two core areas. One is racial reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And the philosophy of that is, the emphasis of that is, there ha I, we know the people who are divided around issues of race. Mm -hmm. we, we hope to offer an example of reconcilers, those who dare to stand in the gap, those who dare to say that they're unafraid um, to do truth telling in order to get at a healthy place of coexistence. Our second major uh, focus is on gender equality. Mm. And gender equality um, for us is embodied in our annual observance of what's called 16 days of activism against gender based violence. Mm -hmm. Very little visible, visible leadership from men of color and specifically um, African-American men um, in terms of the discussion about how do we begin to address this ill in our communities? We launched an initiative that starts with a pledge. It's called the TRC Pledge Campaign to end domestic and gender-based violence where we live. And we focus on young people, college students, high school students, including professionals, healthcare professionals, social workers, people who are doing service delivery in the helping or health services. They, we ask them to take a pledge. And it's very simple. They record on their phone why they pledge to end violence against women and girls where they live. They post it on their social media and then tag us. And we showcase this around the world. Literally, we showcase it. We celebrate that our voices are now being heard for something on, on an issue so important that it's actually decimating our communities. Mm -hmm. We're seeing that the violence against women and girls is so normalized in our culture, in our society, that we don't even call it that. We don't even have a name for it. Right. So when we listen to our music, what we call our music, right. we are distinct among virtually every other culture of people who demonizes and dehumanizes the women who gave them birth. Mm -hmm. That is that, that's, that's one of the things I saw that in Jamaica, I believe it was, that they've actually passed a law where you're not able to use uh, negative connotations in your music. Uh, in it's, your, it's, yeah. I, I think that's something that needs to be done here in the United States. Bad. We're, we, are, we are the primary perpetrators. Right. This is the most important thing for us to get as a people. We are, we are literally complicit in our own oppression. Well, you know what the other thing is, uh, and then I'm going to let Tori speak yeah. because I want to hear his story before we go. Uh, one of the things about music now, I, I think all of us are probably over 21 right now, right? We Most of us should be yeah. past 21, right? Or 25 <laughs> at the middle, right? 
<laughs> you all remember back in the day when they had um, Millie Jackson, which was an old school singer, of course. Rick James, and all those people, Boosie Collins, and they had some lyrics in their music. It yes. wasn't necessarily uh, abusive where they was fighting anybody, but some of the words that they would use, especially Millie Jackson, to me is is a uh, is a uh, is is equivalent to Cardi B. The type of absolutely to use. So it's it's always been some word in the music, and a lot of times I don't want the young people to think that we're not saying that this is nothing new, because Rick James and, and all the rest totally. of them had some words in their music that was that was um, spicy as well. It just didn't necessarily talk about uh, physically abusing. It, it had more of a sexual connotation to it. So we search, we can't just say that this didn't happen before. We just we just graduated now to something a little bit more intense than just profound. Sorry, but the evidence of it is in a story like Brother Brother Tory's. Tory, let me let me hear your story, man. Tell tell us what you got. All right, for your audience um, who's unfamiliar who I am, um, I'm Tory Lane, um, proud frontline soldier for TRC and men magnifying manhood. And uh, behind me is my uh, daughter. She's um, formerly deceased now. Um, she was a victim of gender-based violence and, you know, crimes against women and kids. And it took for me to have to experience this, to see the seriousness of uh, bringing this to the forefront to prevent this from happening. She was only 18 years of age and she was murdered by her best friend. Um, they found her car um, burnt to a crisp and... Um, she was found in Yellow River Park. Uh, the same morning, the young woman who was found in Piedmont Park uh, stabbed to death with her uh, dog. And um, along with, you know, just having to deal with um, the death of her, the media and bloggers and other, you know, podcasts was... Um, creating this this ideology of racism uh, as if though my daughter's case wasn't getting enough media attention and because the young lady you know was Caucasian and uh, she was a member of the LGBT she received um, you know all kind of um, federal uh, attention and you know media attention that's you know just made it seem like my daughter case wasn't important and that back and forth you know racially uh, profiled, that was enough to make me say, you know what? At the end of the day, there's only one race that's human. No human being should have to suffer tragedies of this magnitude. Uh, both women, uh, my daughter and the uh, young lady in Piedmont Park was found ho horrifyingly murdered. Mm -hmm. Um some of the pictures that I saw with my daughter just laying in the raining mud in the park under a tree did something to me. Mm. And a part of me died, but a part of me was reborn. And I already knew that that energy had to be uh, funneled somewhere and given to society to prevent any other family from having to deal with such atrocities. Um, as Khalil said, these things are not highlighted in a sense where it shows that us as black men are on the forefront. Um, again, as you guys were saying, the music has been weaponized. Mm -hmm. And I, I come up in an era, you know, where Tupac and, you know, before that, LL Cool J and, you know, uh, the Beastie Boys and all these, some of the music was entertaining, but it wasn't weaponized to where it makes people want to hurt one another. We came together. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we, we showed love to one another. And it wasn't, you know, until this, this new age of music came about where, you know, they just allow any and everything to be said. Um, people are disrespectful to their parents, to one another. And that behavior gives an ideology to people that it's okay to just harm people. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're just harming people. People are dying in the streets. And we, as individuals in the community, have a responsibility to try to help prevent this. We see that things are like going on on the workplace or in the schools. So, as Khalil said, we can't allow the police to prevent situations in our household. Mm-hmm. We, we got to be on the forefront to, to address it and prevent it. Because no other family, man, should have to deal with burying a child, right. especially, you know, in, in under sudden circumstances. It, it's just hard, but we can do it if we all work together, if we get everybody to see what our plans is. The problem with a lot of these individuals is they don't have a sense of direction. Right. And just as Khalil was saying, a lot of these organizations that mobilize and say we're going to take a kneel for the football or, you know, when George Floyd, you know, passed away, everybody was, you know, standing. But they don't have um, a plan that is simplified well enough to be able to tell people what their responsibility is and what it is that is expected of them. It's a bunch of plans that's very broad and ambiguous, and it's unclear as to what, what okay, y'all mobilizing, so what y'all doing? You know, you, the LGBT, um, uh, Black Lives Matter. What, what's your objective? How, what, what can I do? What can I go tell my next door neighbor? He's got three kids. You know, one of them, you know, is still in high school that still, you know, need guidance. What, what is it that I can do to tell other people that I want to help join me? Because they're going to want to know, well, what, 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 what's the objective? You know, and what we're doing, like with Orange Couch Conversations and some of the things that we got going on, we're making it very clear as to what is expected of people and not to be afraid to have these type of conversations because the conversations is what's going to bring light to the situations to prevent incidents from occurring. If we could just simplify all of the ideas that we have so that we're able to bring people on board, then this is going to give people, you know, a, a, a more of an incentive to say, you know what, that's a good idea, man. Let's let's talk about it. I'll talk to my friends about it because the generational gap is, is widening. Right. Um, I was an active father. I was in my daughter's life every day and still I couldn't prevent this from occurring. But there's things that we could be doing to help get them on the mindset that they could talk to their friends on the work job. I got a sister. She was just fired. Uh, she was working for the W Hotel um, since 1998. And um, they fired her for some, some stuff that she felt as though, you know, they were being racially discriminated. Hold on. And... Um, I was talking to her about, you know, some of the things that we're doing and she want to get on board. She thinks it's a great idea. And if we could just 
get this into the hearts and minds of many people and let them see the end result and how we can make this a lifelong journey. Make it fun, but make it serious. Right. See, the problem with a lot of people is they lose interest in things. Right. And if they feel like, you know, it's going to be hard to, to explain to somebody or it's going to be difficult to move forward, then their interest is going to, you know, diminish and, you know, you'll hear from them and then you won't hear from them three months down the line. You know, this is why it's important to make sure that commitment that, you know, we want everybody else to join in is a commitment that they could fully understand mm -hmm. and one that we could simplify. Um, I'm sure you guys uh, then bought something from Ikea and it's got a thousand pieces. Right. <laughs> it's hard to put together. Right. Well, we want to simplify the things that we're doing right. so that we can give people uh, motivation to want to move forward and realize that if we could strengthen ourselves in numbers, we could definitely make a change to prevent things like this from happening with my daughter. And, you know, we just got a lot of ideas, man, and we want to bring a lot of people to the table because, you know, as Khalil said, we can't depend on the poor. They're they just going to react to incidents that occur. Right. We need to be on the forefront preventing these things. From happening, right. And, and that, I believe, you know, is, is a powerful thing, and we're on the right path. We just, you know, Got to get more people involved so, you know, we can let them see the seriousness of this. So, um, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry about your, your daughter. Can you tell me what was your daughter's name? Tori Lang. Her name is Tori Lang as well. Okay. All right. So, one of the things I've always wondered about with the domestic violence and, and, and uh, violence against uh, just different genders all together, um, as you said, once you call the police out, it's just, it could go any kind of way at that point. They may or may not do anything. Uh, could be a female that's dealing with something with a boyfriend. They they barely put out anything to prevent the guy from coming back later on doing something to the young lady and, and all those kind of things. But I've wondered if there's a system in place. If you're a school teacher, two two places that I think you you would be able to see some of this before it happened. That's if you're a school mm -hmm. teacher and you recognize this kid has some problems with his temperament and all those kind of things. You could start seeing him at the fifth grade level or somewhere and. And as they get to like high school and stuff like that, especially like ninth grade, tenth grade, you can just about tell in certain cases because that kid is around the teacher more than he is around his parents. And you can see uh, a young man or a young woman that may be dealing with temperament issues, get mad, always kind of. Those are the ones that I would be looking at in the, in, in the, in the uh, education arena that kind of monitor and say you shouldn't have a temper to try to teach them before they get to the point where they're older, you know, if you see them in the, if you're in the fifth grade and you already got a temperament, you turn, turn over chairs and acting, acting out of control, that means you're not getting something at home or people at home may not be able to handle you. So it should start early. So by the time that young man gets to be 17, 18, he may have some stuff in place to help him deal with his temperament or understand how to communicate. And then the other thing is, uh, I think would be a good place to start is, uh, when you have friends, if you if you're friends with somebody you already know has this kind of thing going on, you need to be trying to teach them. Listen, that's that don't resolve in anything by always wanting to fight and stuff like that because mm -hmm. it spills over. If you if you're around somebody that like to fight when y'all hang out, more than mm -hmm. likely that same activity may be going on at home mm -hmm. or outside the home or something like that. So it's just little little signs that I think that it could be. Uh, a little bit more impactful. We could start at a much earlier time. We first start seeing the signs. I saw on the news today where this guy, this young, this teenager, killed four people, mm -hmm. and then his parents 
told him you shouldn't get caught with the ammunition. All she told him was, you can't do it and get caught. And she immediately dropped the ball. He killed four people in school. And so it's things like that. I think once once they get outside of the home, it's kind of hard to control it at that point because they're grown and they're going to do what they pretty much want to do. So I think it's early signs that we can start. And then, like I said, the music ain't helping. It's kind of stimulating it to be worse. But as I said, we can't necessarily just think it's the music. The music has, has grown. Like I told you, we had Rick James, Miller Jackson, all those people, all kind of all in their music. Uh, it wasn't music to try to get you to fight each other, but it still started out soft. And then it, it graduated to, okay, well, you can start saying this in music. By the time you get to the 80s, you could do a little bit more cursing and talk about what you're going to do with, do to somebody. So, But then that becomes it's about money. You know, how much money can we make up? But yeah, man, I'm really sorry that you had to have had to continue and do that because that's not something that you're going to ever just, it's going to ever go away. You know, so um, I, I, I get it. Doc, I think this is a great program you all have. It, 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 it's it's one that, that people should be more passionate about. Uh, I want to know what that what's the, what's the website? It's truth. It's trconversations.com. T-R-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S. Okay. Dot com. I'm going to put it uh, in this yes. later on so they can be able to see it. Sure. All right, man. Thank you all so much for being on the show, Tori. Be praying for you, man. You and your family. Appreciate it. Take it easy. Doc, find you another football team. Dallas ain't all that. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank y'all for, for being okay. on the show. Thank you for watching. Trying success, y'all. Make sure you share, watch, and follow. Have a great day. All right.